welcome to episode 57 of Yins Are Good, the podcast that shares and celebrates the good stuff, the good news going on out there, and all of the good people who are making all that good stuff and good news happen. I am your host, Tressa Glover. How are you doing? How has your week been? I'm so glad you're able to take some time to listen in today. I'm happy to be riding along with you or keeping you company as you fold the laundry or clean the kitchen or or maybe just sit with a glass of wine. I got to say this past week in particular, I've been hyper aware of all the honeysuckle going on. That may have sounded really random, but I just wanted to share that. I don't know if you're noticing it as well, but I love it. I love the scent of it. And I know part of that is because it actually takes me back to when I was little, gosh, probably no older than maybe 10 or 11. And so my cousins, some of my cousins, I do have many, um, but they lived in Plum. And we would go there and this, you know, and how lucky growing up, we got together for everybody's birthday, you know, and, and there was a good number of us. So we were seeing each other at least once a month, if not more, just the whole family getting together for everybody's birthday. Um, and, or sometimes we would combine them, of course, if they were close, but we were at my cousin's house and I just remember kind of discovering Honeysuckle for the first time there with my cousin, Jennifer. And I do have to do a little shout out here to Jen and Sean. So with Jen and Sean, my sister Debbie and I, we were the four OGCs, which we made that up. And that was the older grandchildren because uh, there were 15 of us on that side and we were, you know, the upper four. So even though the three of them were a bit older than me, um, I was lumped in with them. And it really, how lucky I was, we were all so close. We did so much together, including running bases, as we called it. I don't know if any of you played this. It was just, we'd play in their front yard and we, you know, two teams of two and you were either on defense or offense, I guess is how you could say it. But we would stand like at what we would deem a base. There were two of them. And if you're on defense, you're just throwing the ball back and forth to each other. And then the other two are runners and you're trying to get to the other base without getting tagged or getting caught. We used to play that forever. But I remember Jen showing me honeysuckle because they had a bunch of it in their backyard. And so every time I smell it, I'm taken back to that time. And uh, wow, I'm so grateful for those times and for the memories that I now have of them. I'm also grateful for this show that's coming up today. We have a note of gratitude from a listener that is so awesome. So that is coming up. And I sat down for a chat with Nina Barbuto, executive director and founder of Assemble. Oh my, what fun we had. If you're not familiar, Assemble uh, is a community space for arts and technology. And... Their activities are STEAM-based, so we're talking science, tech, engineering, art, and math, Um, and their mission is to build confidence through making, 
by creating approachable opportunities for learners of all ages. Hooray! So our convo is coming up for you and how wonderful it was to again be in person and get to sit down with her and meet some of the team. And you'll hear that some of the younger folks were there making and building. So you'll hear them from time to time in the background. And also we did need to wear masks the whole time during our chat. But the sound is pretty good, if I may say so myself. But (laughs) if you're wondering why sometimes you could, you know, could sound a little more muffled than usual, that's why. But um, I'm really excited to share that with you. Also, Don returns all by himself this time. Uh, He has to go it alone, unlike our last episode. Uh, So can't wait for that, as always. So let's not wait. Yes, let's get to all of this. Let's get to the good stuff. We have an email from a listener who wants to thank some folks in his life. The email comes from Don Alexander, who is a second grade teacher at Carnegie Elementary School. And Don writes, hello, I am a big fan of the show. I would like to thank my amazing friends and colleagues, Dr. Tricia Surdy and Miss L. Lohman. Dr. Surdy is the school psychologist at Carnegie Elementary School, and L. Lohman is the AHN chill project educator in our building. We as classroom teachers can only do so much when it comes to addressing the mental health needs of our students. These two empathetic and compassionate women are truly heroes. They are the first and often only people to respond to a student or family in crisis. Their approach to educating the whole child, providing a safe, caring, and trusting environment, and the professionalism with which they do their jobs inspires me to be a better person and educator. It is not an exaggeration to say that they have saved lives this year. We are fortunate to have them, and I am honored to call them my colleagues and friends. Oh my, Don, thank you again so much for sending this tremendous email to thank these incredible women, Dr. Tricia Surdy and Miss L. Lohman. <clears throat> and thank you, Don, for all of the work that you do as an educator. We know it's not easy. And, and I know I did mention this to Don as we were emailing back and forth a bit, but I have been in touch with the founder of The Chill Project to see if he would be able to come on the show to tell us more about it. It's just an incredible program that AHN Allegheny Health Network uh, provides. And obviously, (laughs) as Don wrote to us, its work is so important and, as he said, saving lives. So to Dr. Tricia Surdy and Miss L. Lohman, yins are good. So here we are. We are here at Assemble in the heart of Garfield. It's so colorful and there are so many folks around. You may even hear them. It has such a great feeling to it. Such a fun, colorful feeling to it. Thanks in no small part to Nina. First, why don't I have you introduce yourself? Tell us who you are. 
Hello, everybody. I'm Nina Barbuto, and I'm the founder and executive director of Assemble. Um, we're a community space for arts technology, and we bring artists, makers, technologists, and learners together to come and build agency in learners and to just, you know, reimagine the future. <laughs> you know, that's what we're trying to do. Oh, my gosh. That's all. So what can people, so when, you, when we hear that definition, what are some examples of as we, yeah. So there's uh, so much for the noises that you might hear around us. There, <laughs> we do. Uh, one of our programs are for our teens, they are installing right now a installation that they're working on collectively for the unblurred opening uh, for June 3rd, but it'll be up for the whole month. And the teens are working on a, installation, uh, an interactive installation, I should say, huh. that's all based on the instability of being a teenager, especially a teen now. How great is that? And so like, not just being like, hey, I have an idea, but having the confidence to take that idea into something that others can experience. And we've yeah. also, you know, had great stories where kids come one day they learn how to sew and the next day they wear the shirt that they made huh. and you're just like yes oh my it's gosh. working <laughs> but like ultimately it's you know these are all skills these are all things that one could technically learn on the internet but being able to build relationships and to help each other learn and to practice and to make mistakes and to try that's really that's the that's the building confidence because it's I don't, I don't know if anyone ever is fully confident because there's always something else to learn. And so you're always in that state of becoming. Mm. Oh, that's so true. That's so true. And it's, and I love exactly what you said. And I love what we're hearing and I, you know, how much the audience, if they can hear it, but it is, it's connecting and it's right. It's enjoying yeah. each other in person, which you can't replace, you know, as we have found, especially over these last two years, you can't, that's irreplaceable. That connection being in a room with a person and sharing and connecting in that way. And I love this idea for this installation. Yeah. It's, it's, so where is it going to be? Um, in our in our gallery space. Oh, it'll be right here. Okay. And uh, every first Friday is uh, the Unblurred Art Crawl in the Penn Avenue Arts District. And so that typically is from 6 o'clock to 10 o'clock. Come on down. Uh, we always have an opening every first Friday. And there's always something hands-on and interactive to do that augments the show that we have up at the time. Mm. And so there will be some interesting making and maybe even performances that happen in line with the installation that is going up from our Hack the Future teenagers. Oh, how fun is that? So, and as you're saying teenagers, if I can just ask, so we're talking about the folks who do come here. Mm -hmm. What age? We, we do stuff for folks of all ages, but you have to be five years old to be left here. Without a grown-up. <laughs> that is fair. So that is for the five-year-olds, we've got our craft Saturday Crafternoons, and that's for kids 5 to 11. That uh, is a free drop-in program every week um, from 1 to 3 on Saturday. There are different artists, makers, technologists who come in as guest experts, and then you are you get to make something with them. Sometimes the project's scaffold over time. That means like you're working on something and you might work on it next week. But typically mm. it's like you work on something for two hours and you take it with you. There's some really great stuff. We've had all sorts of different artists. 
participate through that program over the years. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Saturday Crafternoon, so good. Don, listeners, you know, Don is going to love that pun. He loves a good pun. So, and that's something, so do you sign up? Do you need to sign up somewhere? Can you just show up? You can, you can do either. You can pre-register online. We, that's all on our website. We also have after school throughout the school year. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have four days of after school every week. Uh, Mondays is for our middle school girls and those who identify as girl, non-binary, trans, youth. And it's called Girls Maker Night from four to six. Tuesday is middle schoolers. Everything else is for youth who identify as any gender. Uh, Wednesday is for our eight to 10 year olds or third to fifth graders. And then Thursdays are our first and second graders, um, AKA our six and seven year olds. So as you can imagine, um, <laughs> as we go through the week, it gets a little bit crazier. <laughs> and I know that's tough to end with the youngest ones because that's the, yeah. So Thursday, you're just like, I'm alive. And you're like, yes. And they're, but they're so sweet. And so, you know, as the kids grow and as they age, they like graduate from Thursday to Wednesday to Tuesday, which is really fun. Oh, we, yeah. We also have um, day camps throughout the school year. Um, so whenever, you know, there's voting day or veterans day or, yeah. Um, we always have a camp for um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day and making sure that we're celebrating his legacy um, and thinking about the future. Um, we also have um, half-day camps for when Pittsburgh Public Schools has half-days as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Our programs are open to, they're geared to our kids in our neighborhood, but those kids also go to many different schools, right? Mm-hmm. And like, it's anyone is welcome. So like Mm. kids who are maybe going to school here, but they live elsewhere even Mm -hmm. that they're able to (laughs) um, come and make friends at assemble specifically. And you're like my assemble friends versus like, you know, the kids that you're stuck with in school sometimes don't like you Mm -hmm. and, or you're like, I can't identify as, as them. Yeah. Or, you know, bullying happening in school. Mm-hmm. When you're here, you get to define yourself as who you want to be as a kid and who you want to become. And there's just a real freedom that um, we're working towards liberatory educational experiences. Being able to be your full authentic self, at least at that moment, you know, because it might change tomorrow, is really important. And so mm-hmm. a lot, even though we're working with science, tech, engineering, art, and math, it's a lot of this other stuff too. Having a safe place to come Mm -hmm. and feel like you can be yourself. Tressa, we do have danger here. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you saw, but we have the danger zone behind you. Oh no. Oh no. Oh my, okay. I see it. I I turned very slowly because I didn't know. (laughs) I see it. What does that mean? Oh, look at the sign with the little eyeballs. What? What does that mean? So um, that is the danger zone. And yeah. that's where we put all the dangerous stuff. So I feel oh, like. <laughs> I see. I see. That's the, like where all the electronics and have our robotics kits in there, as well as like, um, you know, saws and hammers. Yes. The, the danger stuff. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. We have our materials arranged uh, by danger, the most dangerous in danger zone. Now, you know, one can still get cut by paper. So. Everything, True. though we are a safe space, we have to acknowledge there is danger with us all the time. Um, mm-hmm. Glitter mm-hmm. 
can also be very dangerous. And that's why it's over here in this corner. <laughs> I see. I see. There's so a lot of glitter. We are a peanut-free and glitter-comfortable space. <laughs> Do you have that as a door? I hope. I'm going to go look because that needs to be right on the windows out there with all of those other amazing signs. So... And then so yes. the other programs that we do is yes. like summer camp galore. We're getting it ready yes. for summer camp season. Uh, we're actually sold out for summer camp this year. We limit to like our space is not terribly big. And so we have to limit the quantity of humans that we can have. And so we have um, eight weeks filled with 15 campers each week. And we have a wait list. Do sign up for the wait list because you never know okay. what happens. Sometimes people are like, oh, we're going to the pool this week. I, you know, whatever. Or grandma wants you now. <laughs> right. But there's right. all the things that can happen. Um, so yeah. sign up for the wait list. But yeah, we are okay. completely full. And we're trying to help parents and guardians connect with other local um, summer camps in the name in the area. Because, like, yeah. there's we're limited in our capacity. We do also offer... Uh, programs where we go into schools. And I, yes, I don't think a lot of people us. know about that stuff. Yeah, actually. yeah. Please tell us. So we, and we've been doing that since um, at least 2012, where we mm. go into different schools and other out-of-school time or after-school spaces and summer camps. Um, we have partnerships at Environmental Charter School. Um, we have like a class that our teachers have to grade the kids even for the oh, whole school wow. year. They're there twice a week very like intense programs like that and then there's other ones where we might be popping in like at least four weeks in a row to like the whole semester mm -hmm. uh, and then uh something that we've been working on is a lot of our curriculum we have different things that have been uh supported through uh, ppg foundation mm -hmm. uh, they supported a few of our curriculum developments from our creative chemistry uh which root is rooted within the national science standards for elementary youth yeah. and we create not just hands-on activities but also powerpoint presentations so that you're walking through it and accompanying zines so zines are like self-published um magazines right and so we create those for kids so that they have that information but they can also take it further we also may i I'm, i hate to interrupt you but yes. creative chemistry i wish i had that because to this day when i had to take chemistry in high school it was it was a terrible time. No, I well, it was. <laughs> I feel like having it younger and having it, you know what I mean, might yeah. have might have been helpful because I know I was intimidated by it. And especially when they show you the eye wash on the first day, I'm like, oh my, what are we gonna be doing in here that I need an eye wash? I mean, we might all need an eye wash more often. Maybe if we all made it more of our practice, like you wash your hands, wash your feet, brush your teeth, wash your eyes. Like, what if? Yes, then that takes off the danger. That takes. You know, that label like, off of it. I'm going to wash my eyes. Um, but the... Anyway, yes, you were saying. So another curriculum that yes, we please. have been developing is yes. our Afrofuturism curriculum, which is really exciting. Um, Jacinta Roberts, our offsite programs coordinator, manager... I'm, I know her. You know Jacinta? Sorry, yeah. my face. I How do her. you know Jacinta? I know Jacinta through Pittsburgh Playwrights Theater from back in the day. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. She's Jacinta's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So what is she? So she's leading she's doing the whole the, curriculum development. The we whole have like thing. A, she's working yeah. along with our, our teachers and they're writing, creating zines. And let me see if I can pull one for you. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. so. This is a creative chemistry one. Come on. Oh, especially <laughs> for me. 
So um, what is Afrofuturism, you might ask? Well, it's, yes, what is Afrofuturism? Tell us. It is looking to the future while centering folks from the African diaspora. Afrofuturism really is it comes out of like the 50s, 60s, you know, like you can go back to Zora Neale Hurston um, or even like the amazing musicians such as Sun Ra, right? He is mm-hmm. a true Afrofuturist. Um, but also more contemporary artists such as like Alicia Wormsley and whose art, whose billboard and, and artwork is rooted with just the phrase, right? There are black people in the future. So like, how are we helping folks to, especially young folks to see everybody in the future, mm. you know? And a lot of it is reimagining the world as, that supports everyone um, and centering folks from the African diaspora. Mm-hmm. And with the stuff that we're doing specifically, like we're doing stuff with science, tech, engineering, art, and math, we are looking to the past as we explore the future. And so it's rooted within the concept of Sankofa, which comes from Ghana. It's one of the Ndinkra symbols. And when you see the symbol, it looks like a bird that is looking back, but moving forward. Mm. So you got to learn from the past as you come into the future. Because there's so much of this history, specifically history of folks from the African diaspora, folks who were, who I'm saying were because it's history, but uh, LGBTQIA and just like Black, Indigenous, people, color folks and other oppressed identities that have been erased, right? And so mm-hmm. why not take this opportunity to bring them into the classroom with us? Mm-hmm. What you all are covering here and delving into, it's so many layers of, just so many layers of, I'm going to leave it there, right? <laughs> and I know, and you've said it a few times, and I, so it's STEAM. Yes, and I would love to give you how we define it. Do, please do. So STEAM, aka Science, Tech, Engineering, Art, and Math, when we talk about it as symbol, we don't just talk about the subjects, but we're talking about the verbs and how we practice it. Okay. So assemble, it's a verb that means to come together and to put together. It also refers to even like assembly language, you know, like an assembler is in a in computer language is something that is translating, let's say like the code that just the DOS even to what you play with your like, how does the, the HTML talk to everything else? Mm-hmm. So your assembler is like the translator. Mm-hmm. Um, we are coming together to put stuff together. So when we are studying science, mm-hmm. we are practicing observations. We are observing chemistry. For example, we're looking at elements that either explode, make cookies, they react. Uh-huh. How are they changing? When we're studying biology, we're looking at living, the study of living things. We're looking at things that are living, dying, eating, reproducing, and, you know, pooping. There's a lot of poop <laughs> in biology. So we're, we're observing. And mm-hmm. with math, we are taking our observations and we're putting metrics to them, measurements, and we're proving it to be true because we're seeing it happen over and over again. And then from those things that we know to be true, mm-hmm. we then can start to speculate like this plus this equals this because I've seen this already to be true, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then going from there. With engineering, we are shifting it all up. We're like, well, what if we do it this way? And so we take our observations, our science, our math, what we know to be true, and then we're like, okay, let's put it through the engineering design process. And you create something else new. And then that might become your new science, your, you know, like new math, right? Mm. And then 
from there, we've got technology, which I'm going to have two props, everybody. I've got my phone in hand, and I've got a, a pen. Uh-huh. And these two objects yes. um, are things created by humans. Uh, one has the ability to hold this, a circuit, and one doesn't yet. Right? Oh, gosh. That's, yep, that's the truth. The thing that has the ability to hold a circuit is mm. programmable. Mm -hmm. The other one, again, not yet, but both objects required understanding of the human body, understanding of, like, my physicality as a person, like, uh -huh. how to fit in my hand, material science, and chemistry, even, because of the inks, right? right. I mean, chemistry is also rooted in material science. And some um, electricity and coding. Also within technology, which is anything really made by humans, language is a form of technology. And so mm -hmm. ultimately, it's just like scribbles that mean something. And even thinking about like when we're talking about computer languages, those languages are changing all the time because they are responding to our our needs. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Then we get to, you know, everyone's favorite, the art. <laughs> well, I've got two examples. And really art is how we like communicate through yeah. all of this. Yeah. And so, uh, Tressa, did you like physics growing up? <laughs> no, I did not like physics. Um, okay. I like biology. You but did like biology. Yes. Oh, awesome. Well, the example I have has to do with physics, but imagine that you did like physics. Yes. And that you I really would like were... it now. I would, I like it now. Nothing. And like, you, you might have had a teacher that it's the, that relationship ultimately is yeah. like what leads you to follow that learning or to be like, oh, this is a barrier for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's say that you love physics. Love you it. like, and you get it. You're like, I throw the ball up. It comes down. I can, I see it in my mind's eye. You just came back from art class and you're like, Ooh, I'm so afraid to draw. I hate drawing. And now you have to draw for your test in physics class, a projectile diagram. Uh, you are uh -huh. no longer, you're like, I have a barrier to communicate my science. To communicate something that I understand because I was afraid to draw. Mm -hmm. The other example I like to use is uh, Mark Rothko. Yes. It, you're familiar with his paintings. Mm -hmm. And so the like he is he's using the technology that he has, mm -hmm. right? He's using paint. He's using pigment and canvas. He is not using the technology of alphabet, of, of iconography, or like sh shapes other than like swatches of color. And what he's doing is he's communicating emotions, which sometimes, and as an actress, right, mm -hmm. you might agree that we have to turn to art to communicate yes. because we don't have the technology yet to, to, to translate what we are trying to say. Oh, yes. I, emojis might be that communication technology for us, but who knows? But yeah, so art is how we communicate. It's how we communicate our science. Like our observations die with us if we don't talk about it. Art, what we're proving to be true, how we want to change it, and like all the stuff that we're making along the way. Art is with us always, and we need to hold that at the center. Mm. It's true. Thank you for, I love that, the way you broke down STEAM that way and linked them all to just to think about it that way. And I just think about too, I know I've said it, but all that you're doing here for these young people and the way engaging their minds in a different way and again, like we talked about in the safe, aside from the danger zone, space here. And it's so important. Too, Tressa, I think we're doing this for ourselves, too. Because, like, mm. we all grew up in a different world than what the world we're trying to become. 
right? Right. So like, right. it's, there's uh, taking that time to relearn, to reprogram, but to also question as you're remixing everything to make something new. Yeah. Mm. So like thinking mm-hmm. of like, how are we helping our teaching artists? How are we helping the next generation of teaching artists? We have a program called the Ramp Up Fellowship for 18 to 24 year olds that were, it's just piloted this year with the Legacy Arts Project. Um, oh, wow. And thinking like, how are we continuing this? We were able to get one of the Arts Equity Reimagine Collective Action Grants and a Moonshot Grant from Remake Learning to make oh. that possible this year. And so looking for funding to make that happen again. Okay. But like, how are we how are we making this space for not just like youth K to 12, but like that in-between space, like what is sometimes called that the opportunity youth, as well as like folks who are out here, you know, out here on these streets, like making it real and making it happen. And, or you're really interested in like what happens when you're shifting your careers and you're like, actually, I want to be a teaching artist. How do you find that pathway? Where's your, where's, where's the places that you seep into and grow with kids, right? Because I learn things every day. Um, I'm sure that you've learned lots of things working with, you know, we're learning things from each other all the time. And so being able to do that together, but yes, without a doubt, it's the youth, but it's like, how are we also embodying that change as teachers, role models, mentors, neighbors, community members for us to stay open to mm-hmm. what we're learning from the kids, from others and making sure that we're implementing it, working it into our day to day. Is there anything else as we, well, I do want to give a plug to an event coming up on yes. June 17th. I invite you and I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening that night. So just an FYI, but okay. <laughs> uh, cause like the mattress factory has their garden party that night too. Yes, and I know there's stuff happening downtown at the August Wilson center, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but at assemble, we're going to have one of our 21 plus nights, which <gasps> that's definitely me. Uh, and it's and, and <laughs> even if you're like, oh, I want to come and I don't, I'm not interested in alcohol. We have all sorts of beverages. Um, but with our 21 plus nights, we always have different guest makers and artists and come and you like do workshops and you get to meet other people. Ah. This next one is called Rhythm of the Night. Um, and from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., we are going to be having a lovely themed event around nightlife culture with the non-binary DJ Adab. We will also have Agnes Segna as our drag expert. And Agnes is great. 35 bucks, which is pretty reasonable for food. And we also have scholarship tickets. And if you live in Garfield, it's free. Whoa. Oh, what fun. But yeah, if you ever want to come in as a guest expert too, Tressa, or if oh. folks are ever interested in oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. sharing the things that you know, think of it as like, you know, the when Mr. Rogers would go into the different places to learn from folks in his neighborhood. Yes. It's kind of like that, but like hands-on and maybe even more funky. So <laughs> <laughs> I get a sense. So for any of this, mm-hmm. how to get in touch. So even if they're, oh, I'd be interested in, you know, being a guest expert or... My kids or yeah. 21, any of them. Or this. maybe you want to join our board. We're a nonprofit. Or you're like, I like what you're doing, Assemble. Here is some money. <laughs> exactly. Stuff, you can go to our website, assemblepgh.org. That's A-S-S-E-M-B-L-E-P-G-H 
www.ghostbusters.org. Um, you can also, <laughs> uh, you can email me, uh, Nina at all the things that I just said, as well as um, on Instagram, we're at assemblepgh. And I think that works for pretty much all the social medias. Um, I think our LinkedIn is a little bit extra long, but you can find us. Yeah. Um, and then what else? I think that's all the things. I mean, stop by mm-hmm. sometime. Yes. Stop by. It's, it's and all the windows. I mean, you can't, you can't miss the place. You and... probably will get stuck at the light. Oh, so I you'll did. see us. <laughs> I indeed did. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's when you just, you take your deep breaths. You're like, that's okay. I'm going to make it. I'm going to get there eventually. Um, Nina, thank you so much. This has been a ball. Thanks, Tressa. Yeah. Th- thank you and everyone here and everyone who's a part of it for what you're doing. I I know pe- this is like people say this all the time, like, oh, I'm so blessed to work with all the people that I get to work with. But it's true. Um, yeah. I don't know if you knew this, but um, do you know what a blessing is? I feel like I don't. I feel like you're going to tell me something I don't know. Well, have you ever heard of a murder of crows? Yes. And a pack of dogs. Yes. Well, a blessing mm-hmm. is a grouping of unicorns. And is I am, it really? Yeah. And I'm truly blessed here at Assemble. I need a minute. I think we all need a minute for this to sink in. No. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Don. Hi, Tressa. <laughs> Welcome back. It's always good to be back here. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. As I mentioned to the listeners already, this is, you got to go solo again. You know, last episode, you were, you used the crowd. I did. I yeah. had teamwork makes the dream work. It sure does, Don. Yeah. You got that right. Yeah. So you're back solo. Back and flying solo. Your eyes are closed for the listeners. Yes. Yes, they are. He is, uh, he's ready for this. Yes. Should we just dive in? We should, to the honeysuckle edition of Name That Neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) I may have mentioned to Don that I talked about the honeysuckle, and also, I'm glad you said that, because we're actually recording outside today. On our back patio. On our back patio. It's been such a beautiful week, and so we're doing it. It's a beautiful day. And you too's here to play for us. It's awesome. Wait, you too? Yeah, me too. Good. And you too. Um, so if you hear birds or hazel, anything like that, we just thought, you know, we'd take it outside. Don. Tressa. There are five statements of fact. Of course there are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And your neighborhoods of choice. Garfield. Not the cat that hates Mondays. Correct. The, the neighborhood. Correct. Loves lasagna, though. Yeah. Or Carnegie. Carnegie. Mm. All right. Garfield and Carnegie. Mm-hmm. Got it. Let's do it. Number one. This neighborhood, known for its steep hills, has 13 distinct flights of city steps, including Shamrock Way, which gets its name from the community's history as an Irish working class neighborhood. Carnegie. Oh, no. Mm. 
No, no, it is Garfield. Ah, well. It is indeed. Yeah. And I, uh, sorry, I have to pause for a moment because Hazel's head, Hazel likes to dig. Mm-hmm. Uh, so her head is halfway buried now, just in the ground. And now, hi, she oh looked up. Yep. Like a groundhog. Yeah. That's but a, in my defense, there are yep. steep hills in Carnegie. There are. There absolutely are. Yes. More and, so than when I've traveled in Garfield. Garfield's always been flat to me. No, I get that. Yeah. Especially on like Penn Avenue, especially when you're on that main strip of it. I, yeah. I understand that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the neighborhood's streets in Garfield actually run north-south with a 20% incline. Mm. Let's chat more about Shamrock Way, shall we? Yeah, Shamrock was unlucky for Don this day. Oh, mm. sorry about that. Yeah, uh, it, sure you are. <laughs> it, Shamrock Way connects the Bloomfield-Garfield corridor with the historic Fort Pitt School Building, for example, which was designed in 1906, and the youth football team, the Garfield Gators football field. And all of their city steps also connect folks to public transportation and up oh, that Penn Avenue corridor we were just talking about. Um, and also, you know, I mentioned the derivation of its name. So the Irish of Shamrock Way's name, the Irish began settling in Garfield in the 1880s as they worked in the mills and foundries along the nearby Allegheny River corridor. And this large concentration of working class Irish Catholics remained there until the early 1960s. Hmm. Yeah. All right. It's all right. We're going to go on to number two. Sure. We sure are. The Historical Society of this neighborhood occupies the first floor of the building that was once home to the Star Theater, which, when it opened in 1905, was the second movie theater to open in Allegheny County. Carnegie. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. Woohoo! It is Carnegie. So, it would follow. It's the Carnegie Historical Society. It resides on the first floor of the Hustler Building. It was built in 1896, and the building would go on to house an early A&P, a Lincoln Savings Bank, and the aforementioned Star Theater. Mm-hmm. The first one in Allegheny County was downtown's Warner Theater, by the way. Mm -hmm. During Prohibition, the fourth floor of the building was rumored to host an invitation-only speakeasy. Ooh, scandalous. Right? And the third and fourth floors um, have been abandoned since the 1930s. Hmm. But we got that historical society in on the first floor. Heck yeah. Yeah. They should put another speakeasy in up there. Oh, yes. (laughs) Let's email some folks. Yeah, get on the horn. (laughs) Number three. This neighborhood hosts a pollinator project, which, among other things, has converted 100 street planters to pollinator-friendly plants that produce pollen and nectar to help the butterfly and bee species recover from pesticide-induced mortality. Oh, my. (laughs) That was really long. Yeah, it was. Um, Garfield? Carnegie. Okay. I know. It's, yeah. So, okay, a question though. Do you say species or species? Species. Yeah, I do too. I just was thinking about that. Because that's another one that, because uh, I remember way back, whatever episode, Route or Route, we mm-hmm. talked about that. 
because I've I always say, said root. I say route. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tomato, tomato. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the Carnegie Pollinator Project is one of the programs of the Carnegie Shade Tree Commission. And the mission of the commission... Huh, say that again. That's just fun to say. Is to preserve and enhance the greenery of the municipality while creating prosperity and beauty within the community. So this commission, with the help of Tree Vitalize, mm -hmm, you like that? I love a good pun. Yep. Has also planted over 150 trees in Carnegie Borough, including along the Main Street Business District. They planted some sycamores along Chartier's Creek near the West Main Street. Nope. The West Main Street Bridge. That's how you say that. So the trees are going to help absorb stormwater. But here's the long-term goal, which is pretty cool is to establish a great blue heron rookery since great blue herons love to nest in sycamores hmm. along streams and creeks. Okay. And rookery, that's just a cool word. That is a cool word. What does it mean? A place to rook. <laughs> uh-huh. But I where believe... are they planting the honeysuckle? <laughs> I'm going to plant it everywhere mm-hmm. along Chartier's Creek. Um, I believe rookery... This is not official, but off the top, I'm going to say that it's a place where birds are <clears throat> not kept, but what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Free to This is to helpful rook around. for an audio show. Uh-huh. Um, kind of a, a place for them to thrive uh-huh. and where they can eat and where they can sleep, basically live, a home base, if you will. A sanctuary. Oh, thank you. That's the bigger word. Uh-huh. So, of course, I'm going to Google right after this and probably have to apologize in the next episode for my incorrect definition of rookery. Sure. And my poor performance in today's Name That Neighborhood. That's awesome. Can I phone a friend? Can I pull the crowd? Is there a crowd? <laughs> oh, I heard that. Is there a crowd? Okay. I don't even... Oh, number four. Mm-hmm. This neighborhood's Jubilee Association is a nonprofit community development corporation that develops programs and activities which benefit and stabilize the welfare of low and moderate income families and the community. Garfield. He's back again. Hmm. You're correct. The Garfield Jubilee Association or the GJA for those of us in the know. Mm-hmm. It was formally incorporated in 1983, and it's the product of cooperative efforts of local East End clergy, as well as concerned residents. It provides services in three areas, housing counseling, housing development, and workforce development. And I would love to have them on the show, FYI. Just putting that out there. Yeah, if you put that out there, maybe they'll listen. That's right. The Jubilee, nope, the Garfield Jubilee Association. Why did you whisper association? For flair, Don. Ah, yes. For, for color, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, we're at number five. Okay. And I know you feel good about it. I feel great. Mm-hmm. Let's go to it. There we go. Oh, hear the birds there. Maybe it's a blue heron. <gasps> Maybe we have a rookery. Do we have a rookery in their backyard? <laughs> Hazel. <laughs> Did Hazel build a rookery? You never know. hmm Oh, number five. As the story goes. <laughs> Gotta love how that starts. As the story goes. As the heron flies. <laughs> honeysuckle daydreams. 
Rookery Fields. Mmm. <laughs> As the story goes, this neighborhood got its name in 1881 <clears throat> when the first plot of land was purchased in the area on the same day that its namesake was buried. Carnegie. Oh no! <laughs> it is Garfield. I just love that I could do something like that because they're both named after people. That sure. doesn't often happen. I feel great about it for me, too. I know you do. We love you, Don, so much. Yeah, I love being here so much. <laughs> But let's talk about it. Go for um, it. The f okay, so yes, Garfield. The first plot of land was purchased on September 19th, 1881, the day that... President James Garfield was buried. The name was given in his honor. Okay, so Garfield served as the 20th president of the U.S. for less than four months when he was shot on July 2nd, 1881. He was shot in a Washington railroad station by an embittered attorney and writer who had a personal grievance against him. Hmm. He was mortally wounded. He lay in the White House for weeks where, how about this, Alexander Graham Bell... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Familiar. Yes. Tried unsuccessfully to find the bullet that was still inside him with an induction balance electrical device, which Bell had designed. Uh, he was not successful, and in September, Garfield was taken to the New Jersey seaside where he succumbed to his wounds on September 19th. Mm. But let's end on a more positive note, shall we? Um, Is there one? Yes. Okay. Um, his influence during his very short time in office. So he supported innovating agricultural technology, educating the electorate, and enforcing civil rights for African Americans. In addition, he, he designed sweeping civil service reforms that were eventually signed into law by his successor, Chester A. Arthur, in 1883. Hmm. There you have it. There you have it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're done, Don. Thank goodness. <laughs> I'm going to forget this one happened. It's okay. Yeah. We learned some good stuff, though. Did we? <gasps> mm. I have to apologize for Garfield because apparently I know nothing about that neighborhood. That's okay. Yeah. That's what we're learning. I mean, we're yeah. all learning. So. Yeah. And again, we do have to... Garfield has been on here before. And... Had no recollection of that oh. either, too. So. Yes, yes. And so, you know, it gets tougher. You know, you have to find some things that maybe aren't right out there. Yeah. Although, the Jubilee Association, come on. Yeah. You've got to talk to them. But, yes. you know, so that's part of it, too. Finding some things that you most likely haven't heard about. There you go. Thank you, Don. You're welcome, <laughs> Tressa. <laughs> talk to you next time. Okay. On that name that neighborhood note, hang in there, Don. We are going to bring this episode, episode 57, should we call it the Heinz 57 episode, uh, we're going to bring it to a close. I am your host, Tressa Glover, and thank you so, so much for tuning in, for continuing to listen, uh, or welcome. If it's your first time listening, we're so happy to have you, and we hope that you continue to listen. Special thanks to Don Alexander, 
for reaching out and sending us that email. And listeners, if you have something similar you would like to share, any moments of kindness, of goodness, people you want to thank, you email us here at yinsaregood at gmail.com. Also, thank you, Nina Barbuto of Assemble and to all the folks there. Listeners, please do be sure to check out our show notes for all of the specifics about Assemble and how to get in touch with them and learn more about them. I wish you a happy and healthy week ahead. And until next time, my friends, be safe, be kind, be good. Special thanks to Dale Crawford, Don DiGiulio, and as always, for our fabulous artwork, Mike Rabino. <laughs> <laughs>